the Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Welcome to the Israel Report with Anthony Reich. I'm Nicholas Ingle and you're listening to 101.9 High FM. Today is day 80 of Operation Sword of Iron and the questions are, what are the latest reports from Gaza? Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Um, nice to join you guys, Nick. Of course, it's Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas yeah. to all of our Christian listeners. And for those of people who are wondering what's happening in Bethlehem today, which is, of course, the source of all the Christmases, um, the answer is not a great deal because, unfortunately, Bethlehem is completely closed down. Usually the Palestinian Authority like to put on a Christmas show, but not this year. Instead, we have a pile of rocks and a bit of barbed wire in Manger Square um, to mark Christmas Day, which is uh, an attempt to try somehow to um, sympathize, I suppose, with what's happening in Gaza. Um, but I hope that for the rest of you, um, you're able to celebrate Christmas out there. Um, yeah, what's happening in Gaza? Well, a great deal um, is going on in Gaza, continues to go on in Gaza. Interestingly, um, on day 80 of Operation Swords of Iron, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been in Gaza today and he returned from his visit to Gaza feeling very um, much uh, enforced and reinforced by the message that he got from troops in Gaza. He came back to his Likud party and reported to them that the troops in Gaza have told him to keep going, don't stop, keep at it. The troops are trying to encourage him encourage him to keep the war going um, and that is the message that the Prime Minister got from Gaza today and um, that the fighters really want this war to continue until all of the Hamas infrastructure has been destroyed and um, it's also interesting that it comes on a day when uh, the Qatari Al Jazeera news network reported that in the last couple of days, Yahya Sinwar, who is the leader of Hamas in the Gaza Strip, apparently sent a detailed message to the chairman of the political bureau of Hamas. And in that letter, he wrote the following, that the military ring of Hamas is waging unprecedented fight against IDF forces and that it has succeeded in hitting 5,000 Israeli soldiers, of whom he claims one-third were killed, one-third were seriously wounded, and one-third were left disabled. Um, apparently, he also claimed in that letter to have destroyed 750 IDF vehicles. And in the letter, he said that, the, that Hamas will not submit to what he calls the occupation conditions. So obviously referring to the possibility of a ceasefire and potential hostage exchange. But the um, extent to which these numbers have been just so embellished are quite astonishing. Just to put things into perspective, he claims that one third of 5,000 soldiers were killed, um, which in my uh, simple maths means that he's claiming that more than 1,500 soldiers have been killed so far right. in this war. And, um, you know, the real number um, since the ground invasion is 156. And uh, if we include those soldiers who were killed um, on October the 7th, then we reach not quite 500 yet. So um, by all means, this number is uh, completely um, uh, false. 
and reminds us a little bit of some other people who somehow like to reinforce and, and to try and embellish the situation in order to support their point of view. Um, the war continues unabated. Um, there is a great deal of activity going on. Still a lot of Hamas infrastructure to be destroyed in Gaza. It's astonishing that 80 days later, 80 days, more than two months later, there are still weaponry, infrastructure, rocket launching capabilities, um, missile sites and storage facility areas, still many, many, many that have not yet been reached by IDF soldiers. There's still a lot of work to do, and the Prime Minister feels that he's been given the go-ahead to continue by the forces who he met in Gaza earlier today. Right. R- rumors persist about an exchange. Can you give us a little bit more information on a potential hostage exchange? Well, um, I think um, that Israel is certainly interested in entering into some sort of a hostage exchange because, as we've discovered, um, that is a sure way to get at least some of our hostages out of Gaza. The military operation, while setting the scene and potentially applying the pressure that's necessary in order to bring about um, a, 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 a a mediated exchange has not itself been successful in actually finding hostages in Gaza, at least those who are alive. Unfortunately, we right. have found some dead bodies, um, but not hostages are alive. So I think Israel is quite eager to do whatever is possible to get the hostages out of Gaza. Here's the interesting thing. For Hamas, all the while that they're holding hostages, they have a certain upper hand because yes. once the hostages are all removed from Gaza, there is nothing stopping Israel from flooding the tunnels, from really going full force and just destroying whatever needs to be destroyed without any consideration for the possibility of killing Israelis in the process. Yes. Unfortunately, we've had that unfortunate incident where Israelis were killed in friendly fire hostages, and so we certainly don't want to relive that. Um, the latest rumors are that representatives from Palestinian Islamic Jihad, who are believed to be holding some of the hostages have arrived in Cairo in Egypt to talk to the Egyptian authorities about a potential um, hostage exchange. The problem is that Hamas is insisting that in order to even think about having a hostage exchange, Israel would first need to stop to effectively cease fire and then to negotiate the hostage exchange before anything can happen. And Israel is saying, there is no ceasefire until all the things are agreed. But currently, as I understand things, the Egyptians are trying to promote the possibility of a two-week cessation of hostilities. I don't want to call it a ceasefire because a ceasefire sounds a little bit too permanent. But certainly, uh, a cessation of hostilities, potentially a, a, a temporary cessation of hostilities for two weeks in exchange for the release of 40 hostages, and um, who knows how many is, um, Palestinian prisoners might also be required to be released uh, under that particular deal. No word has been mentioned about that, but no doubt that will be part of the deal. Okay. That's apparently the deal that the Egyptians have put on the table for now. And um, the Israelis don't seem to be overly enthusiastic about biting at this deal. And certainly when we read what Yahya Sinwar has had to say over the last few days about how well, in inverted commas, his Hamas troops are doing, 
um, it doesn't yes. seem like Hamas might be inclined to um, partake of the ceasefire either. Just to put things into perspective, it is reported by the IDF that more than 8,000 Hamas terrorists have been killed so far in this operation, in addition to a few thousand who have been arrested and are currently being held by Israel, some of whom have given themselves up and some of whom have been captured. So it just starts to give you the orders of magnitude right. of how many people have been involved in this thing. A, a number of countries just moving to a different point but still affecting Israel have combined to protect shipping in the Suez Canal. How does this now impact on Israel? So we've heard so much about the Houthis firing missiles and drones and seemingly getting further and further afield. The latest report I read was that they managed to fire a drone. Uh, I don't know if it was launched from Iran or was it was launched by the Houthis themselves, but it came to quite close to the coast of India. That's how far these drones are reaching right. in order to disrupt international shipping. But of course, the, the uh, ships that sail through the Red Sea and towards the Suez Canal are the ones that are most susceptible and easiest for the Houthis to get out from their base in Yemen. Um, and um, they've said that they're only going to be attacking ships that have some sort of an Israeli link or that are going to be docking at ports in Israel. And just today, a few moments before I came on air, I read a story where some of the local manufacturers and suppliers of goods in Israel are warning about a possible food shortage because of this disruption to international shipping and the possibility that goods and, that goods coming on the high seas might not be able to make it to the Israeli shores because of this disruption by the Houthis. But of course, we do have this coalition of international countries that have come together in order to form this uh, task force that is designed to try to protect shipping. The right. Egyptians are very much interested in promoting this because to the extent that uh, these ships are being struck um, in yes. the Red Sea area, they won't be coming towards the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal happens to be Egypt's biggest source of income, of yes. international income. And so to the extent that ships are not sailing through the Suez Canal, that has a massive impact on Egypt's economy. Um, but a number of countries, including the UK and Bahrain and Canada and France and Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Seychelles and Spain, have right. all joined in this international coalition to somehow try to secure passage for ships sailing through the Red Sea area and uh, from the Gulf of Aden uh, towards the Suez Canal. Um, for Israel, that would mean potentially ships being able to dock in Israel more safely. Yes. Um, but, of course, time will tell. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today. That's Anthony Reich, Israel with the Israel Report.